We're going to be in Isaiah 46, if you'll get your Bibles out. And I hope you always bring your Bibles, uh, iPhone, iPad, I don't care what you've got, but bring something to check me out because you should never, ever, ever trust a preacher. That sounds terrible, but I don't care whether he's standing on this stage or whether you're watching online or on television, you check out what he's saying with the authority of the Word of God. Amen? That, that is the key. If you just joined us, welcome. If you're watching online, uh, just a couple quick things. This is so cool to me when watching God work. So last weekend I came out and I said, we need $6,000. That's our half of a church plant in, uh, in Russia, town of 99,000 people just north of Moscow. And, uh, and ever, I said, just do what you can, right? That's what I always say. And um, at the end of the weekend, we had $6,047. So, thank you very much. So, the, uh, that money's off, and that church, I think, will be officially open by spring. So, uh, they have a long winter in Russia, so they don't do a whole lot during the, uh, during the winter months. Um, and I was going to take, really, this weekend off, but then the earthquake happened yesterday. Um, the center of the earthquake was 43 miles from one of the churches that we support. We have three churches in the, in the area of Jeremy, Haiti. And it hit right off the coast of Jeremy. Uh, our missionaries are all fine, but you've seen the pictures. A lot of people dead. A lot of people on top of the, the political mess they got going on. And now there's a hurricane coming over uh, the top of them as well. I will tell you, the radio station you put in about six months ago has been a lifesaver. That radio station has been in communication with people all over the island. So that's been awesome. But there's a box out of guest services. If you want to bless the people in Haiti, then that would be a great thing to do. We've already sent 5000 of our emergency funds, so whatever you give, we'll ship it right on out of here. All right, so please keep Haiti uh, in your prayers. All right. I've told you before, I'm, I'm from a little old town uh, in, in Missouri, and we're different. We're just different people. And if you've never been to Hawk Point or Truxton, Missouri, uh, you really can't understand um, what, what life is like. But I, I had a buddy I went to school with, and he lived there, and he was a mean, mean dude. He, he was a snake in school, and he got married, and nothing changed. He just complained about everything. He'd come home, watch this, ladies. He'd say, woman, where's my dinner? How's that work, ladies? Does that work pretty good? He'd come home, and he'd complain about the food. He would complain about her housekeeping. He would complain about how she looked. And the only escape she had was to leave the door and to go out and talk to their pet mule. And she'd go out and talk to that mule sometime for hours just to stay away from him. And she'd go back in and he'd start again. I can't believe you're out there with that mule. And where's my breakfast? And where's this? And just on and on. And one day she was out there with the mule, and he came out and started complaining, and the mule kicked him in the head and killed him right there on the spot. <laughs> At the funeral, <clears throat> three days later, the lady was sitting there at the funeral, and the men would come up and just whisper something to the lady, and she'd just nod her head. And then a lady would come up and say something in her ear, and she'd shake her head no. And the pastor's in the back just watching. And every man, she would nod. Every woman, she'd shake her head. Finally, the pastor couldn't take it. He went up and he put his arm around her and he said, Honey, I, 
I can't help but notice what's going on here. He said, the men come up, whispering your ear. He said, well, the, the men are coming up and they're saying, your, your, your husband really looks, looks, looks nice. They did a, a nice job. And I tell them yes. And the women come up and say, can I borrow your mule? And I tell them no. <laughs> Just letting you know where I'm from, that's all. <laughs> all right. Stand with me. Isaiah 46. We're going to look at verses 8 to 13, and it's about remembrance. The title of the message is Remember This. And there's several items on the agenda that God wants us to remember. And in Hebrew, you have to remember they don't have punctuation. So in Hebrew, there is no exclamation point. If you want to make an, a point in Hebrew, you repeat it. Watch this. Remember this. Fix it on your mind. Take it to heart. Do you see that? Do you see the exclamation point? Remember this. Fix it in mind. Take it to heart. You rebels. Okay. Remember, there it is again. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I will summon a bird of prey, from a far-off land, a man to fulfill my purpose." What I have said, that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. Listen to me, you stubborn-hearted. You who are far from righteousness. Listen to what God does. I am bringing righteousness near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not be delayed. I will grant salvation to Zion and my splendor to Israel. You can be seated. Remember this. Actually, what the, he, the Hebrew says, I'm being, I'm being for real here, they didn't do a very good job of translating it in English, probably because they weren't sure what to do with it. If I were to translate this straight out of the Hebrew, it would say this, and this is not an offense to ladies, just understand Isaiah is primarily talking to male leaders when he writes this. He says, remember this and man up. That's what the Hebrew says. Remember this and act like a man. That means you need to pay attention to what I'm saying and you need to make the changes that I'm telling you about. And he says, you need to remember the things of the what? The past. What's he referring to? Now he's speaking to a group of people that knew the word. These people all grew up in a synagogue. They all grew up knowing what you and I call the Old Testament. They know the stories. And he says, you need to remember the things of the past. What is that? Creation. Adam and Eve. The fall into sin. Noah's Ark. You need to remember about Abraham and how God provided for Abraham when he was going to sacrifice his son. You need to reflect on the things of the past because when you realize God had everything under control in the past, you can now trust Him for the present and love Him for the future. Does that make sense? 
Things may not be great today, but he continues to say, I am. I hope you saw that phrase. That is the covenant name for God. Jesus picks that up in John. It's used all over the place. I am the way. I am the gate. I am the truth. I am the door. Uh, I, I am is the covenant name of God. It means that I am the self-existent one. And he says, what does he say? I am the only God and there is no one like me. Why is that a problem? Remember what they've been doing? You're going to hear more of this next week. They worship wood. They worship totem poles. They worship statues. They worship trees uh, because they've gotten involved with all of these false people. And they've got involved with all these false gods. The, the, the countries around them, most of the countries, have a god for every day of the week. If you look today in, in, modern, in modern Hindu, I, I think there's, some, I don't know, I'll, I'll be wrong, but I think there's something like 300,000 gods. It's crazy. Everything's a god. Everything you look at, everything you see, God specifically says no. I alone am God, and I control the beginning and the end, and I've got you here in the middle. And we've got a culture, honestly, that's afraid to live and afraid to die. And we're paralyzed. And Christians, we can't be that way. You and I are called to live. Do you believe God's got you in the palm of his hand? Listen. Our job is to be faithful to God. I don't mean we'd be stupid about anything. It means that we are faithful to God and we trust Him. Nobody gets out of this world alive, all right? Well, that's, that's just the truth. Our job is to serve God and remember the things of the past. Now, let me help you out. There's two places in the New Testament. I wish you'd go back and read the whole story. But God gave us two cliff notes. In Acts chapter 7... Uh, the Apostle Stephen is about to be stoned to death, or Deacon Stephen, I guess. And Stephen's got one chance, and he preaches the sermon of a lifetime. Stephen looks at these Jewish leaders, and he starts from the beginning of time, and he takes you all the way through biblical history in one chapter. You read Acts chapter 7, and you will know the entire story of the Old Testament. He covers it all. You want to know why creation's under so much attack? Why Noah's flood's under so much attack? Because if you can destroy the opening pages of Genesis, then nobody looks a little further to the right to find out about the resurrection of Jesus. But Isaiah specifically, God commands him, you tell the people to look to the past. And you look and see how faithful I've been to my people and look at the history that's there. It's amazing, the, the, the writers, even amongst the church, oh, you know, they're good stories, they're good for teaching, they make good application. So God lied to me, but they make good application. No, God said, my word is true from beginning to end. And Isaiah tells them, go back and rehearse that. The second place, you know where it's at, it's in Hebrews 11. In Hebrews 11, he talks about starting at creation. And he goes through all the heroes of the faith. And you get to walk all the way through the Old Testament, up through the beginning of the church and the, and the New Testament martyrs, people that gave their lives for Jesus. And you get it all in Hebrews 11. But in every one of those accounts, you will read about creation. 
You will read about Noah's flood. You will read about Moses delivering his people out of Israel. And again, the world wants to destroy those stories so that you have no confidence in the Word of God, but the Bible speaks truth through and through. In fact, if you look at verse 11, let me just give you, let me give you one here. Am I in the right place? Let's get to the right chapter. What, is, what does it say? Ah, from the east I will summon a bird of prey, from far off land a man to fulfill my purpose. Do you see that? You're not looking at me. Look at your Bible. Verse 11. From the east I will summon a bird of prey. Let me show you a picture. All right, this is a winged bull. When Isaiah writes this phrase... He says, I'm going to deliver my people, and I'm going to deliver you by somebody from the east, and he will be a bird of prey. This is the symbol of the Persian Empire. There's the head of the king, there's the bird, the body of a bull. So when they read that, it's 200 years before this kingdom will exist... And you and I look back and say, look, God was even explaining it then. He was even then telling them, look at the past. Now, here's what I'm going to do right here in your midst. So Cyrus was known as that bird of prey that would come from the east. Second thing, stubbornness. This one probably will have no application in this room. He says to remember what happened to people who are biblically stubborn. Now listen, we're all in different places in life. You're watching online, you're here. We're all in different places in the journey, so don't beat yourself up so bad. But the word stubborn is often equated, if you read the book of Hebrews, the word is stiff-necked. All right, and thank you for all of you who have sent me cards through my neck surgery to remind me not to be stiff-necked. I'm uh, very appreciative of your creativity. Um, but it's exactly the, the, the idea. When you are, when you are stiff necked, when you're in the mess that I'm in, you can't turn. What does the word repentance mean? To return. It means to turn. You were going this way, now you need to turn and go this way. But when you are stiff necked, you can't turn. You can't turn. As you begin to heal, you can turn. But, but the idea is that you need to turn to God. And people are like, oh, I don't know if it's a big deal if, if I believe all this and if I'm really sold out to Jesus or not. Is it really that big a deal? Let me tell you a story you can look up. This one's in number 16. All right? Maybe you weren't there recently. Let me tell you the story. Moses has been leading the people. Remember how Moses got the job to lead the people? Anybody remember burning bush? Oh, yeah. Okay. Burning bush. God calls Moses. Go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Take the rod, throw it down, snake. Okay. <clears throat> a guy named Korah, K-O-R-A-H, comes up one day and he goes, You know what? I see no reason for us to follow Moses. I'm as good as Moses. Everybody that's with me, come on, let's go. Where I'm sick of what Moses is doing. Let's do it my way. And so... God said, everybody that's with Korah, go on over here. Everybody that's with Moses, go over here. Anybody know what happened? The ground opened up and swallowed all of Korah and all of his people. In your Bible, it's called Korah's Rebellion. 
It's when he refused to turn toward God and God's plan and God's way. He was going to do it his way. It didn't matter what God's word said. Now listen to me. This is the mess we're in in our culture. When you hear, you say, well, yes, I believe in the Bible, but I'm, and, and they're reluctant to say that. There, I watched an interview last night. And the, and the guy was asked, do you believe the Bible is the word of God? Oh, I don't know that that's relevant. And the guy said, oh, I believe it's every bit relative. It's, it is the issue. He goes, finally, after three or four times, he said, okay, okay, yes, I think the Bible is the word of God. But I'm progressive. Once you hear that word, leave. Leave. Because it means I believe the Bible where I want to believe it, but things have changed. And creation, who knows? Uh, those stories in the Old Testament, I don't know. I, I just do it because I like how it feels to come to church. It, it's insanity. You were never meant to feel anything. You're meant to be converted by the power of the Holy Spirit to turn from your rebellion and turn back to a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Here's what happened to King Saul. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 15. For rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft. And arrogance like the evil of idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he will reject you as king. Saul lost his position as king <coughs> because he rebelled against God and went to get information from someone other than God. He went to a witch. He went to a fortune teller. Now listen to me. I know I'm going to get in trouble for this, but I don't really care. All right? Yes, that is the core. There, and there's no doubt. I can take you right back to the root word and I can show you that he's talking about witchcraft. He's talking about horoscopes. But I'm telling you, it's no different today when you're reading a newspaper, when you're watching a television station, when you're on a website. It is the same thing because you are listening to man's opinion versus God's opinion. And God tells us that we are saved by grace and we've already won. We act like we're, like we're not sure what's happening. Listen, we're not winning. We've already won. That's, that's the whole point. <coughs> 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him who knew no sin to become sin on our behalf. Jesus took our place. And I like what one writer said. He said, I read the newspaper and the Bible. He said, I read the newspaper to find out what's going on, and I read the Bible to find out why. And that's, but, but when you get a steady diet, and, and it's the latest statistics I saw said that amongst Americans, now this is across the board, so it's Christians and non Christians, but the Word of God gets read. Um, by 35% of the culture, that's the highest group, 35% read it once a month. And we wonder why the newspaper or the TV or the news channel has more power over us than the Word of God. Because we've got hours upon hours of the witches talking to us instead of listening to the Word of God. Do you know... Usain Bolt's one of my favorite athletes, and certainly not because I'm a runner, but uh, the fastest man in the world. In fact, he just challenged one of the NFL guys to a race. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, Usain Bolt, let me give you a few, a, a few facts. Eight gold medals, three different Olympics, 
and he made $119 million in the process. He was on the track to win those eight gold medals for one minute and 15 seconds. One minute and 15 seconds worth of work and he made $119 million. Do you see what's missing? What's missing in that story? There was 20 years of nonstop practice, diet, exercise, practice, 20 years for that one minute, 15 seconds. And sometimes as Christians, I think we want, we want the gold medal. I think everybody wants the gold medal. But you don't, you don't get there. You don't get there in that short amount of time. It is the training. And guess what we're doing now? We're training. The gold medal comes later. And his is temporary. What you and I have coming is eternal. And that's what we're running for. And people are like, oh, my life is hard. My life is difficult. I'm, I'm not minimizing it. Listen, I'm living with all of it right now. You've got issues with your family. You're grieving loved ones that you've lost. You've got, you've got financial struggles. I'm not minimizing any of that. But remember what's already in front of us. When we get to heaven, once he got that gold medal, you think Usain Bolt sits around and thinks about all those hours of training? When he stood on that medal, on that podium and held that gold medal, do you think he's thinking, man, I don't think it was worth it? No. My guess is that he never even thought about the time that he put in. He thought about the victory. And when we stand in the presence of Jesus, we're not going to say, oh man, I hated, I really hated June through August of 2020. I, I just don't think that. You're going to be so focused on the incredible gift that God has given us in heaven that you're not going to worry about that. So I have to say this. If you haven't accepted Jesus, don't miss it. If you're online, hit that button. I've decided. If you're here in the room, come right over here to the decision sign. Go out to guest services. There'll be people out there that will be happy to help you. But we get so focused sometimes on the gold and the glory that we forget that there's a lot of work that we do and a lot of service that we do to get there. So we remember the past, what God's done in the past. We face our own biblical stubbornness and realize that we've got to be willing to turn. I turn away from anger, turn away from language, turn away from sin, turn away from what we're watching, what we're consuming, and get focused on God. Voltaire, not that I read Voltaire, but here's what he said. At least, at least this is what he said on Facebook. It is difficult to free fools from the chains they revere. Now, I don't know about you, but I've been there. And when you get caught in something, it's easier to stay in the ditch that you know than it is to climb out and face what's beautiful on top. Am I right? And sometimes we get stuck in that and we, we don't reach out for the salvation that's available. Let me fin I want to finish with this. This is always got to give you some good story here. Here's, here's a picture of our buddy Charles Darwin. Now, we, we want to follow the science, right? That's what we keep being told. Does anybody know, does anybody know what degrees Charles Darwin had? You're lucky to have me today. In, anybody? He had one degree. It was in theology. 
He didn't believe in it, but he had a degree in it. He tried to, tried to be a doctor, but he was uh, afraid of the sight of blood. So we're told that you can't trust the Bible because it's a bunch of Jewish hillbillies. But Darwin, now there's a man of science. Oh, no education in science. How about that? Now, Moses, let me tell you about Moses. Moses grew up in Pharaoh's house. Remember, he was put in a basket, floated down the river, and he ended up in Pharaoh's house. Most powerful man on earth at the time. Pharaoh would have made sure that Moses got the best education in the world. Moses would have spoken multiple languages. He would have been able to read and write in multiple languages. He would have known math and science and geography and geometry. He would have been... He would have been the best educated person on the planet because the most powerful man on earth was in charge of his education. But he's a Jewish hillbilly and Charlie Darwin is the one we need to follow. I'll just let you think about that. All right. Now, remember this. I don't know what you need to remember. Is it God's grace that sometimes I forget that God loves me? Is it... The rebellion, something in my life that I got to turn away from? Do I need to get back and look at the beginning part of the Bible, go back and read those first 20 chapters in Genesis and find out where my faith is really rooted? I don't know what you need to do. Uh, you know, we wear, uh, some people tie string or wear a rubber band around their arm. You put alarms on your phone. Uh, but if you're like me, then you look down at the rubber band and don't know why it's there. Or the alarm goes off on your phone and you don't remember why you set the alarm? Anybody? So it's got to be conscious. I need to go back and I need to remember what God has done in the past, what he's doing for me in the present, and the fact in the future, we've already won. So Father, I pray that as we wrap this up that your spirit would go to work that you would minister to people, you would speak to every broken heart here in the room, dealing with death, dealing with loss, dealing with the unknown. But we put ourselves into the hands of a known God who says, I know the end from the beginning. I am God and there is none like me. So, Father, we ask that you would work in the hearts of each person here and everybody watching online. In Jesus' name.